Do you know there's a way to 10x your sex life, especially with your sexual experience? Stay tuned in this episode to find out with my guests. This podcast is for you, the modern man. I'm Dr. Ann Trung, your host. I'm an intimate health medical doctor and best-selling author of the book, Erectile Dysfunction Fix. I'll do a deep dive into sexual health and performance and how it affects men of all ages and backgrounds. So let's get started and be sure to visit my website at sexualhealthformenpodcast.com for more information and resources from the show. See you on the inside. Hello there. I am so excited that I have Dr. Willow and Leah here. They are the mastermind behind the Sex Reimagined podcast. This podcast opened up the mind and hearts of its listeners to the vast possibility that exists within the realm of sexuality, spirituality, and relationship. Together, they have 40 years of professional experience in the sex and intimacy space. And these two ambassadors of love are ready to support you on your journey with sacred sexuality and all that encompasses. I love that introduction, by the way. And I love the name of ambassadors of love. So welcome, Leah and Willow on podcast today. We're going to talk a lot of interesting stuff. So stay tuned because we're going to dive into everything you ever want to know about the male G-spot and sensuality and intimacy and sex as a mechanism for to love. So let's dive in because before we started this podcast, we were talking and I wanted to kind of go right dive into it and just start with what does it mean sex as a mechanism to love? Can you elaborate on that? Sex is a biological urge and every single animal figures out how to do it. But what's unique to human beings is our ability to experience sexual love. And when we have an element of love that's connected to the way that we have sex, sex just is better. Orgasms are bigger and a connection of belonging gets to be deeply experienced by two lovers or three lovers or four lovers, whatever the number may be. I think whenever there's love present, it's mobeta, as we like to say. Yeah, there's so much more connection and intimacy involved when your heart is in it. Doesn't mean you have to be like head over heels, heart all the way in with somebody to have your heart open enough to the experience that you're having. Maybe you're just in a dating phase with somebody or maybe you're in a marriage with somebody. But irregardless, when you bring love, your own love, the love that's in your heart to the table and to the experience, the experience gets a lot more heightened. How do you do that? How do you bring the love, the sexual love, to detect experience. Yeah, I'll take this one. So I'll speak for being a woman. I'll speak for being a cisgendered heterosexual woman who has sex with men. And I have to tell you that whether or not I'm in love with a man doesn't necessarily matter, but I can feel the difference when his heart is connected to his cock. So if he isn't connected to his heart, I can feel that too. So when a man thinks about what do I want this partner to feel? What do I want to send them? 
what would open them? They can feel that expression in their heart, and then they can imagine that they could send it down to their cock, and then they're going to penetrate that partner with that emotional energy. So maybe he wants his partner to feel desirable. Maybe he wants his partner to feel like they belong. Maybe he wants his partner to feel beautiful. Maybe he wants his partner to feel safe. Maybe he wants his partner to feel filled with ecstasy. He can feel that. He can feel those emotional thought forms in his heart. And then imagine that he can send that love, that energy, those emotional qualities out his cock. And then that gets to stream into their partner. And if you just play with this, and look, you got to use your imagination. You know, you got to imagine that you can send energy from your heart all the way to your cock, and then your cock can stream that to another body. And it's not that hard to do, but your partner will feel the difference and you'll feel the difference as well. And it's a practice. Yeah, in the tantric realm, we like to say there's poles to the body. So like a battery has a positive and a negative charge. The bodies have positive and negative charges as well. So for a man, his positive charge is his lingam, wand of light. It's a Sanskrit word. It means wand of light. It's the penis or the cock. So that lingam is the positive charge where as a cisgendered woman, her receptive charge in her body is her yoni, Sanskrit for sacred space or her vagina. And so as he penetrates with his positive pole into her receptive pole, there's a really beautiful, unique circuitry that gets created between those two bodies. And then if we bring the heart into the equation as well, a man's heart is going to be his receptive while his cock is his positive. And then a woman's is going to be her vagina is her receptive and her heart is her positive pole. Mm -hmm. So if he's connecting his heart down to his cock and sending that energy into her vagina, she's receiving it through her receptivity channel, her receptivity pole. If we want to bring Chinese medicine into it, there's a whole channel in every single body that is the most feminine and most receptive of all the channels. And it runs right up through the midline of your body. So a woman can draw that up through her midline into her her heart and then send energy from her heart to his heart, penetrate his heart with her love, her presence, her connection to herself. And he can really feel that. So you can create this whole beautiful circuitry of love, intimacy, connection, and arousal through each other's bodies. It's a healing for everything. It's great for your sleep. It's great for your immune system. It's great for your heart, your circulatory system, your emotions, your emotional body. Okay. And, and how do we get that? What's the cliff note way uh, for a man to do that and a woman to do that so they can connect? Because it sounds so great and we want it, but how is the harder part? How do you separate that from God, long day of work, and you work eight hours, you come home, prepare the dinner, and you're exhausted, and your spouse said, okay, let's get it on. You're like, oh, my goodness. So how do you get into that? That's happened to me the other day. Like, That's the last thing on my mind. But how do you yeah. get into that space to allow that? And I know it's all about mindset, but give our listeners some ways that we can kind of tap into that space from a man perspective and from the woman perspective as well. 
Well, one of the things we always like to give people as a practice to do is set up intimacy dates, like get at least two intimacy dates a month on your calendar where it's like, that's what all you're doing for those two or three hours is just being intimate, just being with each other. And it's already on the calendar. I like to tell people do one on the full moon and one on the new moon. If the woman is in her fertility years, meaning she still has a menstrual cycle, do her Tantra session or her intimacy date where she gets to be fully in receptivity. She just is receiving. That's her only job is to receive during that intimacy date. And if she can really drop into receiving attention and presence and love and the lingam or whatever, the kisses and the eye contact during that whole session, it's going to fill her up with so much more sexual energy. In Chinese medicine, there is a storehouse for your sexual energy. It's stored in the kidneys, Mm. which we all know the adrenal, well, maybe we don't all know this, but for those of you who don't, the adrenals sit right on top of the kidneys. And so most of us are burning our adrenals at both ends. We've all heard of adrenal burnout, so we know that. And so when we're stressing and we're moving through our world with a lot of anxiety and a lot of pressure, and we had those days where it's like, I've been working all day, I finally made dinner, now I'm exhausted. It's like the adrenals are diminished at that point, right? They've shriveled into little raisins. So when we have these more intentional intimacy dates on the calendar, and we don't miss them, and we do them once or twice a month with each other, then we have the opportunity to build up our bank account, build up our reserve of sexual energy that lives in our kidneys. It's going to give us more adrenal energy and it's going to help us stress less. So an intimacy date where she gets to receive and then an intimacy date where you as the man gets to receive, where your only job is to lay back and receive. And this is really unusual for a lot of men. A lot of men grow up knowing about sexuality, like that they've got to give it and they've got to give it a certain way. And it's got to look as, and if they don't satisfy their woman, then they have failed. And we're taking all that off the table and reimagining like what else is possible with sexuality because there's so much. I mean, we're just sexual creatures. We're walking around in these bodies. We're just sexual beings. So we can have intimate experiences with a tree or the ocean or our friends or our pets, but we have a different kind of intimate experience with our lovers. And we bring that sexual love into the equation. I love that you say we're just sexual being because the more I study about our body and our sexuality, the more I think, oh my God, I think we're just made to be a sexual being because how women are made to have a wider hips and the hormones and the breasts and the man, the penis and the hormones as well. And the way it's wired and the way that he gets morning erection and the hormonal changes and so forth. And the way our body is made, the main thing is to procreate, to have sex and to carry mankind or to pass on the human gene. It is such an innate thing, but yet we don't realize that, hey, that's how your body is wired because I see that as as the more I work with sexuality. So what you said is really interesting about the sexual energy that is uh, in the kidneys and the kidneys is where the adrenal sit because I've always said, you know, control the stress level. The adrenals is where cortisol is released. The cortisol is the 
hormone that gets released when you're stressed, but it's continuously released. It's chronic stress. And that's not good because that causes all sorts of mainly hormone imbalance because cortisol is like thyroid. It's like the father of all the hormones. If that is imbalanced, all the other hormones, the sex hormone, mainly testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone for women is also imbalanced as well. So if the sexual energy is not optimal, then that will affect the adrenals, which then releases the cortisol, which then increases the stress level, which then messes up with all the other hormones as well. So let's get it back to what we talked about earlier is how do men and women maintain their sexual energy? with the demand of the world nowadays of social media work and 10,000 different multitask demands. I think there's a lot of different and interesting ways to take a look at that because although we are sexual creatures, once we're in oftentimes a long-term relationship, sometimes it's hard to like get the motor going. You get into these habits and into these routines and you love each other, but you don't feel horny like you did the first six months when you've met and you wanted to rip each other's clothes off. And so you have to actually coax the brain to get into the mood. You mentioned mindset. Mindset is one of those things where we have to remember to think about sex. We have to remember to actually engage our imagination. We have to remember to engage our senses. So women in particular are very sensory oriented. So you need to think about if you are feeling like, man, my lady is like never in the mood for sex. There are these little things you can do to drop in tension, to help her feel her sexual energy again. It can be as simple as sexy texts a few times a day. It can be remembering not to just walk out the door, but make sure you look into her eyes for long, for like at least 60 seconds, you embrace her, you kiss her before you walk out that door. And then you come home and you do the same exact thing. The other thing that's really important is for people, especially women, to start visualizing hot sex in their mind. You have to start actually engaging your own sexuality so it's not your partner's job to turn you on. You take personal responsibility for your own turn on. And so when two people go, look, being juicy is important to me. I want to make love well into my old age. When did my dad stop having sex? Was he 50? Was he 60? Was he 45? Was he 75? We have to ask ourselves these questions because we can make a choice to make love long into our old age if we don't give up on it. And so that's why we propose that sexuality is a practice. Not only do you practice being connected to your own pleasure, but you make it important that you and your partner practice your sexuality as well. And there's lots of things you can do to make that creative and fun, whether that's a makeout night and you take sex off the table, but you can just feel each other up. That builds sexual tension for the rest of the week, whether that's just doing acts of service and maybe undressing each other and creating some variety. I'll tell you a really cool conversation to have about this with your partner is to go, there's these different stages of sex. We have adventure stages where we're in a period in our life where sex is like an adventure. We're trying new things we've never tried before. 
or sometimes we're in a learning stage and we've gotten some books, we're watching YouTube tutorials and we're learning about sexual techniques that are really inspiring that make us a better lover. And so we go through a stage where we're learning and then we have stages of healing. You know, that can sometimes come after a divorce or after a cancer diagnosis or something that has really shook up our life. And we need a place where within our sexuality, we can have some vulnerability. We can allow ourselves to be touched deeply and to have a good cry. And it could be a very cathartic, powerful release. So people have healing stages. And then we have, which I think might be my favorite, which is transcendent stages of sex, where you are going to such profound places in your body having to do with pleasure that you feel like you're connected to the oneness. You're connected to this thing that's bigger than you. And that bonds you to your lover. Or maybe you're making love to yourself and it bonds you to yourself in a way that you've never touched before. And that's super powerful. And then lastly, we have what's called a resting stage. And that's when, you know, sex just isn't the most important thing for me this season. There's other things that need my attention and it's okay that I don't feel like it. And that's one season that I think a lot of people forget to respect. There does come a time in different parts of our life where sex is not the most important thing to us. And if you are with your partner who's in a resting stage, showing up and really showing that you respect that, that you honor that, that you're not judging or blaming or making that partner wrong is an important process for them to reach back out to their sexual energy. So why I think this is kind of a fun conversation is because you can ask your partner, hey, what stage do you think you're in right now? And what stage do you want to be in? Because you can actually be intentional and go, I think we just got through this breast cancer thing. I think we need a healing stage. How can we co-create that together as an example? Oh, I love that. What stage are you in now and what state you want to be in? So it's goal-oriented, imagining, and almost role-play, and add that onto intimacy date, thinking about it, being getting away from everything. That's very, very powerful there. So that leads me into the next question. How can a woman support a man who has sexual dysfunction? How can they both support one another? Yeah, probably one of the first things to do is really just to drop into a place of acceptance and not trying to make things other than what they are. Like meet your partner where they're at. And they might be having a lot of emotions about that. They might be feeling a lot of emasculation and just letting that be what it is, letting that be okay that they are allowed to have those emotions and not trying to sugarcoat or make it better or make it anything other than what it is. I think anytime anyone is faced with a disorder or a dysfunction, it's like, we don't need to make it anything other than what it is, really. So just dropping into acceptance and being with them in that place. And then from there, taking it into the sexual and intimate space with them and really just letting if they're having erectile dysfunction or they're having ejaculatory control issues, just Again, when they're in the space of receiving and they're having their intimacy session where they get to just play with breath and with sounding and with moving energy through their bodies, just helping to guide them, really helping to keep them engaged with their breath and to keep them engaged with trying moving sensation to different places in their bodies. 
There are different pressure techniques that we teach inside of our how to last 10 times longer for men. And there's also really great prostate massage that you can do that we teach in our male G-spot and the power of the prostate course, which we're going to give you all 20% off for. So hopefully you'll yes, pick those up yes, yes. and learn more. But I think just really being present to your partner and where they're at is probably the most important thing over all the techniques and everything that you could learn is really just bringing your presence and your love and your heart and letting them find their way through their body. Because when our bodies start to act differently than they ever have before, like I've never had this problem before, now I have this problem. It can be really challenging to just give yourself the time and the space to navigate from that place because we want to just go back to the way it was. But our bodies are asking us to not go back, but to go forward, to go through this initiatory process of whatever it is so that we can find our way to something bigger and greater and new. So maybe all of a sudden erectile dysfunction is an issue that you're having in your life. Instead of thinking of that as like, I got to fix this. I got to get rid of this. I got to clear this. Like, Go into it and see what you could potentially learn from it. And maybe what you learn is how to breathe, how to move energy, how to move arousal through your body, how to relax, how to let go of stress, how to be in acceptance. And maybe those are just the lessons that you need in order to become a sexual virtuoso on the other side of these, I like to think of them as tunnels or these portals. They're kind of like initiations that we all go through. I think I would add also that for being the partner that is supporting someone in some sort of health transition, there's so much shame, especially around sexuality, when it comes to things not working right. We give them a diagnosis and what people internalize is that I'm broken. And in two people might need to grieve over something that's been lost. And then they need to come back together and get creative and find restore hope and restore faith and again restore love and hold each other and support each other not make each other bad or wrong or broken but to acknowledge that they haven't lost their wholeness this is an opportunity to maybe go on an adventure <laughs> right so now it's time to go well how else can we make love because people get very narrow-minded when they think about sex they think it requires a hard penis and a wet vagina mm-hmm. and the truth of the matter is is there are ways with which we need to make love that are filled with variety that will bring us certain types of orgasms and pleasure that people don't even know exist so maybe this diagnosis is actually going to lead you into a learning stage. If we go back to our themes where it's like, it's time to get educated. It's time to find out what you don't know. It's time to find out how else can you help your lover have sex if you're not having sex in the traditional way anymore. And then I think one of the most powerful things a partner that is supporting their loved one through a diagnosis can do is learn how to become a sexual healer is being able to put your love out your hands and touch their body with consciousness, with intention, to soothe it, to pet it, to actually move sexual energy throughout the body, not just at the primary erogenous zones, like like the tip of the penis, but to actually take what's possible and explore it way beyond the genitals. And then, my friends, you will then know what transcendent sex is all about because that's exactly where you're headed. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. As you were talking about that, I was like, all right, well, this will lead into expanding pleasure potential. How to bring pleasure from a level 10 to a level 100. 
10x and lasting longer. So let's explore mm -hmm. that for a man and then for a woman perspective, because everybody wants that, right? Who wouldn't want that? When you mentioned, I'm like, I want that. And then after that, I'll ask some question about what you just talked about, but I wanted to kind of stay in that lane of how do we tend exo pleasure and lasting longer? Yeah. You mind if I take a crack at this one, Willow? Go for it. Yeah. So think of I've, everybody has an arousal scale. We don't think about that much, right? It's like we get horny and then we feel like we can come and then we are over the waterfall and we've ejaculated and it's time to rest and restore. But there's a lot of space within that full arousal potential. So think of, let's say, a scale from one to a hundred. Like from one to 10, you're thinking, ooh, I feel my sexual energy. I'm kind of horny, right? So you're starting to feel like you're in the mood. And then 100 is I've ejaculated. I've gone over the waterfall. I've had my thrill. I've had my orgasm. Now, most men will go from a 10 to 100, but they don't just, they kind of leap. It's like they're at a 50, and now they have the feeling I could come soon. And they don't think, do I need to expand that? Do I want to come soon? Can I come back from the waterfall? They just go from 50 to 100 instead of enjoying 60, 70, 80, 90. And so men tend to go from like a 40 to a 50 and they jump to 100. And then there's men who have a hard time lasting beyond 20. So they're usually ejaculating at like from a 15 to 100. That's where they leap from. They have a hard time being, it's like their arousal has a lot of anxious energy to it. Then you've got men who it's like, yeah, their arousal's building and then maybe they get to a 40, but it's like they stay stuck there. They have a really hard time getting to 100. They actually have a hard time ejaculating. So what does this mean? This basically means that almost every man is missing out on 70, 80, and 90. And 70, 80, and 90 is where all ecstasy is. That's where you are hanging out at the edge of the waterfall, and it is gorgeous. The birds are singing, the rainbows are in the air, you got the water streaming past you, you are on the edge. And when you're on the edge, you are your most romantic, you are your most present, you are right there with your lover. They are the most important thing on the planet in that moment. And you just feel so alive. We want to help you hang out at the edge of the waterfall. And look, the truth is going over the waterfall is a thrill. It's very exciting, but it's pretty short. And the problem with ejaculating is oftentimes there's a long climb back up to the pool where the waterfall is because men as they age will have a longer refractory period, which means after they ejaculate, it takes longer and longer for them to get the next erection. And what Tantra, this thousands of year old ancient Eastern practice <laughs> has discovered is that you can reverse the aging process by recirculating your sexual energy. So we actually teach men, let's build your capacity to maintain arousal. So we're going to slow you down because it's not just 50 and 60. We want you to discover that, like, who are you when you're at a level 51? or a level 65, or a level 73, or a 99. So now your pleasure potential is like this wide kaleidoscope 
of sensation and actual consciousness where you're like, I'm going to use pleasure as a path to self-realization. I'm going to study my pleasure. I'm going to become a sex geek because I want to know the fullness of who I am at these peak states of arousal. It's kind of fun to be a sex geek and to start to study your arousal and see how long you can last. And it's fun to do that with your partner. And so the same is pretty much true for a woman. We have our arousal scale as well. How does a woman or a man kind of stay on the edge of that waterfall? One of the things that you do is you breathe. You really use mm. your breath and you use sound because breath and sound are frequency, right? They're just energy and you can really move energy. So it's like when we get really close to the edge of the waterfall, it's like there's this charge in the body, this energetic charge that that can feel like, oh, it's kind of tight and like I got to release it to move it. But if we can take some of the tightness out of that charge and start to break it apart and give it more space with sound, with breath, um, with moving the arousal to different places in your body so that it's not all right in your cock, mm. then we have full body orgasms. We can have orgasms in the heart. The Taoists call these superior orgasms when you're having an organ orgasm. So an orgasm of the heart for women, an orgasm of the womb. You can have an orgasm in the pineal gland, the adrenal glands, anywhere in the body. You could bring orgasmic energy to your shoulder that's been bugging you for two weeks. Like you can really use the moving of orgasmic energy around your body to heal and to bring more vitality and energy to your life. Um, so let's say you're at the edge of the waterfall and you're about to go over the edge, you want to pause right before you go over the edge and make sure you have enough space so that you have this, This there's a very fine little threshold of space that gives you the control that you need. And then you kind of stop your arousal from building in that moment and you inhale and you can squeeze, this is a Taoist practice, you inhale and you squeeze the pelvic floor muscles and you breathe into your lower back as if you've got two balloons on either side of your spine. So inhales, we can do it right now together. So inhale, squeeze the perineum, squeeze the pelvic floor muscle and push that energy and that breath into your lower back. So that's going to be, now you're drawing energy into your adrenals and into your kidneys. You're drawing that aroused frequency into the place where that energy is actually stored. In both Tantra and Tao, we talk about having non-ejaculatory orgasms. So a man can actually learn to separate his orgasm from his ejaculation. They are two separate physiological functions, but it's always been a practice for most men to do them at the same time. It's a little bit like surfing. Like you got to want it. You got to get out there and paddle and you got to build up some muscles for it. And you might get some wipeouts and you might have some orgasms that are like, oh, that wasn't very good. But right. over time, you get better and better at it. And you build up those muscles and you start to learn how to separate your orgasm from your ejaculation. And that's how men can become multi-orgasmic, which we also yeah. teach in the last 10 times longer. I think it's also important to mention that you'll see how it changes. But when you have that feeling, I could come soon. That's your early warning signal. Then it's different that I'm coming. If you wait till I'm coming, it doesn't matter what technique you try, you'll probably fail. You have to do the technique at the sensation of I could come soon. 
And we teach four different pressure points um, that help men recirculate. Basically, you're shifting the polarity of the energy. So then instead of the energy wanting to come out the tip of your penis, you're actually switching it so it goes up your spine, up to your brain, so that all of that aliveness, all of that creative life force energy that is your sexual energy, you can send that back to your organs, your glands, your brain, making you younger and younger. And so when you do a technique, and you could just start super simple which is stop all movement, stop the friction, slow down your breath, have your lover tell you to open your eyes. Cause usually men go into overdrive and they close their eyes and they <laughs> tighten and they contract and they hold their breath. And so that's how you know when your partner's getting close or testicles move up, they get really stiff in their shoulders. They squeeze their butt, they furrow their brow. And so if you can just say, babe, 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 wow, you feel so big right now. I just need you to be still. Will you breathe with me? Because you feel amazing. Just be here with me. Stop all movement, honey. God, you're gorgeous. You know, say something loving. Don't say, honey, honey, you're going to come. And you said you didn't want to. (laughs) You know, reach for his ego a little bit. Let's make this guy a success. We can work together on this. And so it's that sort of really noticing where is the feeling I could come soon and then pausing, cool down the energy. It's starting to get too hot. Now, once it's cooled down a bit, you might lose five to 10% of your erection. Don't panic. It's normal. Remember, your body is reversing the polarity of the energy, so it goes back to your organs. You just build up that fire again, and your erection will build right back up if you don't trip on it. So that's important advice. Yeah, out of the game. <laughs> yeah. And, and I like to actually describe like, what is orgasm. Because if we aren't relying on the ejaculation telling us what our orgasm is, Now we have to notice what is pleasure. How do I know I'm having a non-ejaculatory orgasm if I'm not ejaculating? And the key to think about is that all orgasm is, it's energy and movement that's pleasurable. You know what your pain is, guys? That's when energy is stuck. My bad knee, my bad back. You've got this crystallization of stuck energy and it's causing you pain. But you know when you have a good sneeze or you laugh your ass off and your belly hurts because you're cracking up, that is pleasurable moving energy that can also be felt as orgastic. And so we want to start taking a look and redefining what orgasm is, because if you can redefine it, then you can have those orgasms Will was just talking about. You can move that pleasurable sensation of pleasure that's moving energy, and you can take it to your thyroid. You can take it to the palms of your hands. You can feel it in the back of your throat. You can feel it bursting out Mm. your head. You know, just wait until you feel like you're ejaculating out of your head but you're not actually ejaculating out of your penis. It changes this whole thing called sex and pleasure. You don't end at the tip of your penis. Your whole body is a penis as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) We have little portals of pleasure all over our body. You know, we think about these primary erogenous zones as our sexual centers, like the cock and the pussy and the tits and the ass and the, you know, and the tongue. And these are our sexual primary erogenous zones. But then we've got these secondary erogenous zones that are 
um, you know, the back of the neck, behind the ear, the inner elbow, the inner wrist, a lot of times anywhere there is a bend in a joint, you know, even these little bends in the fingers can be secondary erogenous zones. And then to take it even further, there are acupuncture points all over the body that are like mm. little JJs on everyone's body. <laughs> you can just lick them and blow on them, and, kiss them and suck on them. And they're, you know, it, it, that's how we start to feel sexual energy all over our bodies is by learning these pathways, these systems. What are some of those acupuncture points that is atypical of what you would think? Are those the erogenous yeah. zone that you're referring to? Or are those just particular acupuncture points. You know, they're acupuncture points, but they're also erogenous zones. You could call them secondary or tertiary, whatever you want to call them. It depends on who you're playing with. For some people, they might be fucking primary. So it just all depends. Center of the palm, that's a big energy mm -hmm. point right there. Love that. Bottom of the foot, same point on the bottom of the foot, kidney one, also amazing for the adrenal glands. I mean, when's the last time someone kissed your kidney one, maybe never, but I recommend it. Give it a whirl. That and sounds so hot. It is. And then there's one right here on the inner elbow. This is part three. It's a very, very strong one. Under the armpits, behind the knees, UB40, bladder, meridian 40. I think 378 acupuncture points or something like that on the body. So lots to play with. And, you know, the ears too, the ears are super sensitive. Oh. So just, you know, it's all about playing and exploring. Right. And that's why our right. podcast is called Sex Reimagined because we're wanting right. to help people imagine a new way forward. And, you know, sometimes we need each other. I mean, Leah and I learn things all the time from our listeners that open our imagination yeah. too. It's a two-way street. So we just like to play with people on this spectrum. I love that. And so listeners try the palm, the bottom of the foot, the inner arm, behind the ears, the neck. I actually did a podcast episode on 31 erogenous zone in the body and nine below the belt where there's 20 one zone that is above, above the, the belt the, uh, yeah. that we don't pay attention to but you mentioned some of that foot the toes the behind the knees the inner thighs and and for a man an area that he doesn't really know and especially my husband i mentioned to him you know that the perineal area or the the muscle that's between the, the scrotum area and the anus that's a very sensitive area for a man and my husband's 55 he didn't even know that all right, we've been married for 30 years mm -hmm. and I touched that area for him. He's like, oh my God, that is very, very <laughs> sensitive area. So that will lead us into tell our listener about male G-spot and the hidden area and how it can be optimized for the sexual experience. You know, a lot of people think that the male G-spot is the male prostate. It is not. You have two different erogenous zones inside of the anal cavity that are highly sensitive. And so you can stroke if you just, just a little finger going inside your rectum. And then you want to, as if you could reach for your belly button from inside, you begin to stroke that front wall. 
And if you curl your fingers right around the two anal sphincter muscles, there's a little hollow, and that's where you will find your G spot. What's interesting, Dr. Ann just mentioned the perineum. When you go inside and you curl that finger around the sphincter muscles, you're actually feeling the inside of the perineum. And there are three different major energetic meridians that circumnavigate the spine all the way up to the brain. They get hooked into either side of the right and left temporal lobes. And this energy we want to activate because again, it's helping you start to have experiences where your sexual energy doesn't score it out. Instead, we use the massage of this area to help that sexual energy go up your spine all the way up to the brain. The tantricas would say that this is the fountain of youth for the masculine. When you can recirculate your sexual energy and not squander it, because men are born with a limited amount of sexual energy, eventually the battery dies. And so you need to keep recharging that battery so that you can still have sex long into your old age. Now, women's sexual energy is complementary but different. Ours is limitless. We can have as many orgasms as Mm. we can possibly muster, but women have a harder time plugging in to the circuit of sexual energy because ours is all tucked up inside. Men have an easier time plugging in because theirs is on the outside. And it's also different due to testosterone and levels of estrogen in the different bodies. That aside, now that you know a little bit about the male G-spot, where to find it and why it's important to activate it, if you were to stretch your finger up just a little bit, feeling for the front wall of that anal cavity, you're going to feel a little lump. And it's a soft little bit of tissue, and that's your prostate gland. If you were to dissect your prostate gland, what it looks like is it looks like a brain or like a walnut. It's got two hemispheres. There's a seam that goes down the center. There's some really soft ridges. I kind of feel like it feels like a nose because it's got a slight curve and the tissue is kind of spongy. It has some give. And so you want to go and you want to just be in stillness at that prostate gland. Then if you stroke it very gentle, very slow, very rhythmic, you do a milking stroke where you're going from the top of the prostate and you're stroking downward, you can help release the buildup of prosthetic fluid that's now putting pressure on your bladder, causing you to have to pee all night long. So when your partner, or you can do this to yourself, begins to give yourself routine prostate massage, you're going to create so much relief and it's sexy. And I also, I think when people think about anal play, they get like scared. It's like, ooh, I don't want to hurt or ooh, poop. You know, they think it's going to be gross. But if you've never done it before, I want you to know that it's actually quite beautiful. It's very silky and warm and soft and subtle inside. It actually feels like you're stroking the center of a rose. It's gorgeous. Honestly, it's absolutely gorgeous. And so another way that you can heighten the sexual pleasure is to stroke from the top of the prostate gland, stroke all the way down to the inside of the perineum where the G spot is. So I think to my head, P to G, P to G, as you milk, caress, and bring pleasure to the prostate. You can also just do tapping, a little bit of like percussion touch. 
just tapping. The key for it to get hot and sexy and to make it erotic, you want what you're doing inside of the rectum, whatever massage you're doing to the prostate gland, you want it to have a rhythm and a tempo to what's ever happening on the penis. So whether you're using your mouth, whether someone's stroking you with their hand, whether you are actually penetrating your partner, you kind of want the massage to have a rhythm between the two. And that's when your body starts to feel like your cock is so big because you don't actually end where your testicles are. The energy of your sexual energy, the energy of the cock goes all the way underground, all the way to the back of your ass, which is where your prostate is. So it's quite the science. There's so much to learn. We couldn't cover it. We can only give you the tip of what makes it so special in this kind of episode, but it's something every man should learn. And it's something every person who loves a man should learn how to do for their man. Yeah. So come check out our power of the prostate and the male G-spot course, because you're going to learn everything that you want to know in that course. Mm -hmm. And we're giving you 20% off. Yeah. And we recommend the best lubricants, the best toys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I love how you describe that because that's an often ignore area of a man's body. Everybody focuses on the penis, but nobody focuses on the perineum, the anus, the rectum, the prostate, the area beneath the scrotum and so forth. But that is what you described. You can really enhance it from 10 to 100. On top of that, adding holding until you're at the edge of the waterfall. And if we discuss about the man G spot, we got to discuss about the woman O spot and how to find it, because I love your description of the G-spot, but how about the woman O-spot? Because as we know, more women have clitoral orgasm than vaginal orgasm, but it is there, but it's harder to get. Let's kind of dive into finding that O-spot or the G-spot for the woman. If I can just add one more thing before Willow dives deep into this, because it's awesome content. The reason why I want to mention this is we have different nerve pathways that send different types of orgasm up to the brain. And when when we're talking about anal play and prostate massage and G-spot massage and all of that, it's working with the hypogastric nerve, which sends a very particular type of orgasmic sensation that is not the same as your ejaculatory orgasm, which is working with the pelvic nerve. And so we have these with the hypogastric nerve, the vagus nerve, the pelvic nerve, and the pudental nerve. All of them are carrying a different flavor of orgasm up the body. So when you start to learn these different nerves, you stimulate them. Now we are three-dimensionally exploring these flavors of orgasm. And I know that's going to lead into what Willow wants to share with uh, female pleasure zones. So yeah, the G-spot and the women is inside. You want to bring your fingers in and curl your fingers up and around. It feels like the roof of your mouth. For those of you who don't know exactly where it is, it feels like those ridges on the roof of the mouth. Some G-spots are a little bit more ridgy than others, but it's right at that 12 o'clock position. If the yoni was a clock, the 12 o'clock would be head of the pubic. I want to clarify the- this. This is actually the vaginal opening that she's talking about because we were talking about the anus before, so we're now for the woman, the vaginal opening. So just to Good. clarify yeah. the, 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 the vagina. anatomy there. <laughs> 
Yes, we're now in the Bajaja. Yeah. And so when you go in, you can feel those ridges. And it's really nice before penetrating a woman with your fingers or your tongue or your cock or a vibrator or anything to ask permission first. You really want to get her warmed up. Most of her nerve endings are going to be outside. They're going to be on the outer vulva. So it's like that's why women get like turned on and they get more revved up. And then you start having sex and it kind of all can go away. Like where'd all that arousal go? So you really want to take your time before you enter. And then it's really nice that most women will never had anyone ask permission to enter their vajayjay before. So when you do that, it can really touch her heart. It can really open her up to a much more powerful experience. And then when she is ready for the penetration with your fingers or your cock, it's going to be easier to find the G-spot. You feel it with your fingers. You can bring your fingers up and in and find that point. And different techniques are going to work on different women's bodies, sometimes tapping, sometimes a side to side. There's a half moon thing that we do. There's all these different strokes and things that you can do to stimulate the G-spot. Now, one thing that a lot of people don't know about is even further back along the G-spot, just kind of like toward three quarters of the way back is where I usually feel this spot. There's a very sensitive point. It's almost like an acupuncture point. It's called the sacred spot. To me, it feels like if you had a piece of silk hanging from the ceiling and it was just hanging in midair, not against a wall or anything, and you pet that silk with your finger, that's kind of what the sacred spot feels like. It feels like this very open, you can feel it's like a divot as well. That's a lot of acupuncture points. They feel like little divots in the tissue. And so when you find that sacred spot point, that point in a woman's body can actually hold so much. It can hold stories from past lifetimes. It can hold traumas from the past. It can hold emotions that are stuck in her body that are keeping you from moving forward in your relationship. It can hold insecurities and it can also hold vast amounts of love and expansion and bliss. So this is, again, bringing it back to healing a stage in your sexuality and also just exploration and adventure. So when we start to play with the G-spot, we kind of automatically go back to the sacred spot, whether we're aware of it or not. It is this place in the body that can really expand and open up a woman's whole potential for pleasure. So yeah. is that all part of the G-spot? The two separate spots that you're talking about, that's all the whole area, wider area that you would think? Yeah, it's a little bit further back than the ridges. For most women, I would say it's maybe like quarter of an inch further back. And it's very in women too. It's not the same length. Woman's anatomy is totally different. Right. I think a good way to sort of think about it is the G-spot is the anatomical tissue and it is a rectile tissue. So it engorges with blood when it is touched and therefore feeling arousal. It's filled with blood. Now the vulva also needs to be filled with blood in order for her to have a G-spot orgasm. We want to make sure that tissue of the G-spot is, is engorged. Now, when you think about the sacred spot, think about the sacred spot as an energy meridian, like Willa was saying. It's like an acupuncture meridian. And it's sort of like this door 
into the vastness of a woman's potential of sexual awakening. And when that door opens, because you're now stroking this energy spot, it's like new sensations arise. She starts to feel like this really deep undulation starts to happen in her body. And women will start to oftentimes have the experience of the female ejaculation. We'd have to do a whole other podcast episode on that. But there are these sensations that can arise. And then when you start to massage the clitoris, while you're massaging the sacred spot and the G spot, now you're starting to bring in those layers of those different nerve plexuses. So you've got the pedental mm. nerve is the clitoris and the pelvic nerve is the G spot. And these are two areas that need to be engorged in order to get off. When a woman starts to sound and breathe, which she wants to have big, big, big pleasure, you got to remember to breathe and you got to remember to sound like you got a pair. And then that energy helps move it up the body. And that's where you can start to have the vagus orgasm, which is the only orgasmic nerve pathway that goes up the front of the body instead of the spine. And it gets activated by sounding. And so if you've ever been with a partner where they cried, they were so touched by the sex that they started crying. They refer to that as the heartgasm. That is literally the vagus nerve being activated. And so people often think of the vagus nerve as the heartgasm because it moves you. It's like, it's so moving. Sex and pleasure can be so moving. And you can create that for yourself if you can remember to make sound. Now, when you say make sound, what does that mean? Like making your sound yourself or sound, or extraterrestrial sound? Any vowel will do, hard or soft. Ooh, ee, ah, mm. Be expressive. Moans and groans, you always get bonus points for moaning and groaning. And it lets your partner know, hey, I like what you're doing. (laughs) This is hot. If you're just like a cold fish and you never make a sound, they don't know that they're a good lover. They don't even know that you like what they're doing. So use sounds to communicate, oh yeah, stay right there. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Yes. Oh my God. I'm learning some stuff to myself. And that kind of brings me to a point where Nobody teaches it. When we were a teenager, whenever you have your sexuality and get involved in the sex, there's no manual, is there? Definitely, we didn't learn it from school, right? <laughs> it's no. not something you learn. No. You kind of learn through your experience or through a friend or your partner, and then you think you know, but there is so much that we don't know. And what you both talk about is like people would have to be in your world to kind of know what you're talking about. But imagine if we had known this, when we're in our young years, as we're exploring our sexuality, what experience would we have? That has always been my passion is to educate men and women about the beautiful part about their body and that we are really sexual being, especially for women. She has one organ that is made painfully for pleasure, and that's her clitoris. A man doesn't have that. A man's penis is both where he urinates and he has an erection and where he ejaculates. But a woman has one organ that's four inches long that is totally ignored, but it's made plainly for pleasure. And oftentimes she doesn't even know that. And she just think or he just think that it's just a little knob that you see beyond than what is on the inside and that she actually does it is her penis it is a penis the same tissue the corpus cavernosum as the penis as well i mean i've learned so much and so having said that how does our listener find you all 
and get access to the course about the G spot for the men. And you also mentioned you have a gift as well. Absolutely. So you can find us at the sexreimaginedpodcast.com. You can also just come and listen to our podcast on all the platforms, Spotify and YouTube and all of them. And then we have the two courses that we're offering you a 20% coupon code to. So we'd love to see you go through those courses and then let us know what has shifted for you and what has transpired for you. And also if there's anything that you feel stuck on, because we're really here to support you in your sexual evolution. So we've got the last Last 10 times a longer course for men, how to master your ejaculatory control. And then we've also got the male G-spot and the power of the prostate course. So that's where you're going to learn all those amazing techniques and tools for really building up your sexual reserves and eliminating any disorders that seem to be an issue in your sexuality. And then Leah has an awesome gift for you, which I'll let her talk about. Yeah, if you go to moreloveworks.com, I have a tutorial. Just click on the free tab for the free gift. And it's a tutorial on how to never miss another clitoral orgasm again. Because for a lot of women, they get really close. They're like, they're so close. They're going to go through the door. They're going to go through the orgasm door. And then suddenly their orgasm disappears. And they're like, what the... I really wanted that orgasm. And we feel disappointed and discouraged. And so there's a mistake, a very simple mistake that women are making that I've discovered. And if you watch this tutorial, it is such an easy fix that you'll never have to go chasing an orgasm again. The orgasm will come to you. It's very important that every woman watches this video and that every person who loves to give pleasure to a woman watches this tutorial because you can really coach her into being more successful when it comes to reaching her own orgasms. And I really implore you that once you've learned this secret, tell everyone the secret. Because for all, since the beginning of time, across the globe, women have been missing out on a lot of pleasure. And we want to Absolutely. Now, what is that website again? Moreloveworks.com. Okay. Work with an S or no S? Works More with love? an S. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And if you want to go over to drwillowbrown.com, drwillowbrown.com, you can set yourself up for a consult with me and just hop on a complimentary discovery call and we can chat a little bit further about what's up with you and what's going on for you and see how we might be able to support you further. Oh, wonderful. Oh my God. I am excited about all this free gift. If you're curious about spiritualizing sex for a limited time, we do have another free gift on the website. So go check that out. If you're hanging out at the sexreimagined.com website, you'll see some other freebies. Yes. And also don't forget to subscribe to their podcast, which is Sex Reimagined. I actually subscribe to myself and I'll be definitely be checking out the freebies and be getting the course because I believe you don't know what you don't know. Are you struggling and frustrated in finding a solution for ED? Well, I have just the thing for you. It's called the Modern Man Club, led by yours truly, Dr. Ann. Together, we're redefining male sexuality and embracing a holistic approach to overcoming ED without medication or surgery. I will provide a protective environment for a community and proven strategy to overcoming ED. It is a safe place, expert coaching by me and my team. We provide holistic approach to overcoming ED and an empowering community of men with ED supporting one another and lots and lots of educational resources. 
visit mensexualityclub.com at the link here on my right and connect with us and reclaim control over your sexual health. I'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Sexual Health for Men podcast. If you love this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and post it on Facebook, Instagram, or wherever you post. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you like this episode and what you like to hear in the future. That will help me know what's great for you. And I would love to give you the most incredible free gift designed to help you improve performance quickly. Go to my website at sexualhealthformenpodcast.com to get the book, The Five Common Costly Mistakes Men Make When Facing ED. I would appreciate it if you subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and just know that you can have sexual vitality for life. I appreciate you. Until next time. <laughs>